You're listening to the Built Shaves Podcast, presented by Midco Sports. With the college basketball season now underway, it is the best time to sign up for Midco Sports Plus, your streaming destination for University of North Dakota hoops, as well as football, volleyball, soccer, softball, and more. Midco Sports Plus is the home of the Summit League Network, giving you access to live games across the league from opening tip to final whistle. Sign up today at midcosportsplus.com. This is how we do sports, and this is the Built Shaves Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Bill Shaves Podcast. We're taping this on a Tuesday morning, December the 5th. Alex Heinert, Bill Shaves. Bill, happy December to you. It is December, Alex, and tomorrow, supposedly in Grand Forks, it's going to be 55 degrees. Isn't that something? I'm not sure what that means, but I know we have a guest (laughs) that has spent some time in Grand Forks and probably doesn't even believe what I just said. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> had had this man been living in Grand Forks when it was 55 in December, he maybe never would have left. He never would have moved south. But it was not 55 six years ago when he made the move down I-29 from Grand Forks to Sioux Falls. He now works for the Summit League. He's, he's a great man and a guy that we've gotten to know well over the years. He is currently the Summit League Assistant Commissioner for Communications, Media, and Technology. He's Ryan Powell, and he's joining us today. Ryan, thanks for being with us on the podcast. Weather is not why I moved from Grand Forks. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah, welcome, Ryan. I really appreciate you uh, coming on. I, You know, I'm going to start with question one. Here we go. And I would say this, more of a comment, but then also sort of a question on how it came together. I thought um, this uh, past uh, October's media day was was sensational. Um, and I, I, and I know you had a lot to do with that, um, piece of the puzzle and just kind of, how did it come together? And, uh, I, I just thought the template was, was tremendous. Yeah, it was, it was a, a lot of work, like you said, like just a lot of trying to, to manipulate schedules and times when people are going to be available and trying to, we're trying to elevate basketball. That's what one of commissioner fitness goals is. And, um, and kind of expanding our media day and adding some glitz and glamour to it was something that that he wanted to do and and kind of gave me the runway to to try to do that and do it to the best of our ability and to showcase our men's and women's programs and um just having the premier center be available and to be able to put the court down and to to be able to you know add a few bells and whistles to I mean it, w- it went from a little kind of thing that we used to do to to a pretty big deal and we had some some big conglomerates come in. We had Field of 68 in. Obviously, our friends at Midco Sports did their thing and did a great job um, with their live show. And then we had Heard at Sports um, come in as well. They're an up-and-coming media entity out of Omaha that's kind of trying to expand their brand regionally. So we felt like we had, you know, those three folks to come in and to add the core to it. And then we we had a lot of interest from outside the those three with um, a, a lot of Fargo media came down, some Grand Forks was down there too. Omaha came in and um, there was good. It was good. It was a great day. It was, it was stressful. I didn't know how it was going to go off, but um, at, when the final buzzer sounded per se, uh, I felt really good about, about things. And I felt like the players and coaches felt like it was valuable. That was one of the things we really wanted them to leave was feeling like that was, that was worth my time. And I felt like it certainly was. Yeah, it was such a great event. And as you said, something that hadn't been done before to that level with the Summit League. Josh had done similar things with the NCHC, but even this was a step above that with the court and with so many more national outlets being a part of it. 
And like you said, the goal was to elevate the sport of basketball and make these coaches and student athletes feel like, yeah, the league gave us a spotlight. And I think you did that as well as you could have hoped for, Ryan. Great job, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, it was, I did, I I felt good when it was over. I really did. And I'm going into it, a lot of nerves and just kind of like, how is it going to go off? And um, when it was over, like I mentioned, it, it was, it was a good feeling. I felt like everybody was pleased. Well, one school's feedback from both uh, both coaches and student athletes, they really enjoyed it. So, I, you know, I, I just think you're right. You went in with the thought process to make it as valuable as possible, especially for the student athletes coming down. And uh, I, those are those are moments that um, those will be memories that they take back with them. And it's actually you talk about education outside the classroom. That's education outside the classroom. Right. And we were able to the day before we had media training. With them, we were able to do some photo shoots and grab some content for throughout the season that, you know, our fans will see and um, haven't um, gotten a lot of that out quite yet with league play starting here in two or three weeks. But you'll see some more things, elements that we were able to capture at, at Media Day that are still coming out. So, yeah, it was it was really good. It was well worth it. I think the photo shoot at Falls Park, we had talked about weather early on. It was the perfect weather day to have a have a photo shoot in October because, you know, in the upper Midwest, you never know what the weather's going to do. But it was Everything just happened how it was supposed to, I feel like, and it was it was really good. Some awesome photos of the young men and women in their uniform with the falls in the background. Just it gets you excited about what's going to come in March when everybody's going to come back to Sioux Falls for the conference tournament. So great job on that. Ryan, of course, that's not your only duty organizing media days <laughs> for Summer League Basketball. Give us an idea of, of what a typical week or a typical month or a season looks like for you in this role of assistant commissioner for communications? Yeah, it's, it's funny because my role this, this time around is a little different because my, my cohort in the women's side is on maternity leave. So I'm doing a lot of men's and women's basketball things this year, but you know, it's, it's fun because it's building, trying to tell stories. We try to um, showcase our, our teams. We're, I still, you know, I'm, I'm a little old school. I, I still like to do the the notebooks. I, I like to dig in and, and learn about the teams. It helps me and it helps. I feel like our broadcasters appreciate it. I know it's not, you know, for it's, it's, it's tedious and it, it takes time, but I think it's worth it. I think um, when you hear people talking about what you're trying to get out um, on broadcast, especially with the, you know, invent of the, some league network and and hearing more and more having all of our games being streamed in one place is has been great. Um, there's a lot of weekly peak performers. You know, sometimes you have to stress over over which athlete is a little more deserving than the other, and then you get a coach saying, "Hey, why was this this way or that that way?" But it's you know it's still good. It's still promoting the team, it, and it shows people that they care. And um, so there's some of that every Monday that we have to go through. We meet and. Um, we do the notebooks. We I try to get to as many campuses as I can to to check out games and to talk to broadcasters one on one and in person and and share the summer league story. And um, as both of you guys know, it's it's a hidden gem up here in the upper Midwest, and we're trying to get it more on a national scale. And obviously, um, Josh has done a good job of expanding our national television exposure with CBS Sports Network this year. We have you know with regular season and. Um, the conference tournament more than a dozen games on on that network when in years past it was just the championship games on ESPN so a lot of good things happening for the summit league so Ryan uh in kind of Alex alluded to it but 
you, of course, you were at an institution. Now you're at the conference level. Just talk a little bit the differentials about that per se. Well, there's there's certainly things I'll miss. I'll tell you that. Um, being on campus and and feeling like you're um, part of the team. I will say when I was at UND, um, Bubba Schweiger, Brian Jones were the two head coaches that I worked with the most. And um, as an SID, it is like vital to feel like you're a part of it. And both of those men made me feel like I was a part of the part of the squad, part of the the program. And um, so I, I really appreciated that. And, you know, when I took this job, because it was kind of a career step up on the ladder, I was able to run my own department. Um, those are the things I missed the most was the community, the camaraderie and those things. But with that being said, conference office, um, it's a different pace. It really is, to be honest. Um, there's when it's game day, I can kind of sit back and watch and, and not feel the stress of of game operations and things like that. I do get that at the tournament, though, so I get my fix. Don't get me wrong. Um, <laughs> it's just it's not every weekend or or every you know every other day like it is on campus. But but I miss that too at times and just the you know being involved in those things. But um, for my family, it's been great. I have two boys. I have a sixteen year old and eleven year old, and I'm getting to you know be around them a little more and around my wife a little more, which she may not like too much, but. Um, <laughs> it's it's been it's been good for us. Oh, because you just to give people more of a background, you were at UND for nearly ten years as the assistant director for media relations, was the head SID for football and men's basketball, among other things. You had a lot of success in that time. Your teams that you were a part of won some championships and made some national tournaments. Are there some memories that really stick out though from your time that maybe stand out above the rest? Yeah, the the year's 2017. It was um Big Sky Football Championship, Big Sky Men's Basketball Championship. Um it was and that was the year before I I decided to <clears throat> take this job at the Summit League. So it was a, it was a good way to kind of cap a cap a run there in Grand Forks and um uh I'll never forget Reno and um Gino and Quentin took over and uh, we finally beat Weber State. Like Weber State had our number in men's basketball for forever in the big sky. In 2017, we beat them at home. We beat them on the road and then we beat them in overtime and in Reno to to go to the big dance. So that was that was awesome. We were the number one seed. So we, we felt like we were supposed to. And then it almost got taken away from us. But the guys rallied together and, and found a way and just going to the NCAA tournament and being involved with that, even though we were a 16 seed and um, lost to Arizona, we, we gave Arizona a run for their money. Like I'll never forget with like six minutes ago, I think it was a nine point game and, and mm-hmm. Quentin had a three and it rolled around the rim and rolled off and they went down and had a dunk and it was 11 points just like that. It could have been six and then they get back on their heels and you never know what happens. Um, so yeah, but you know, the on the court success was great on the field success was great. Um, but it's it's memories. I'm still connected with a lot of people up there and still good friends with um, some of my best friends in the world are in Grand Forks and um, love getting back there when I can. And I'm hoping to do that here at the end of the month. Well, I can tell you, you're always welcome, of course, uh, back in Grand Forks. But I think you'll be impressed with the campus. Campus looking great. Um, you know, the facilities on campus and what Dr. Armacost uh, has been able to do is is just tremendous. So I think you'll you'll really enjoy it. I've yeah, I've seen it. I've talked to Eric Martinson. Obviously, he's you know deputy athletic director there now. Done great things, and he's one of my good friends. So we I hear about all the good things that are happening up there. He's proud of the things that are happening, and you see the pictures, and you 
you see the successes that are going on. So good things certainly happening in Grand Forks. You have a lot to do that too, Bill. Well, it, it takes a team effort for sure. So, uh, and but we appreciated your time here. You know, anytime you put a decade in, um, you've left your mark. That's what I'll say. And, uh, you know, I always, I think administratively, when you get beyond four years, and especially now if you've been uh, uh, there 10, two and a half times, you've been probably there two and a half times than just a normal grad, if you will, you know? So, I mean, you're vested. Right. You'll always, you'll always have that in your blood. Yeah, no, no doubt. And it was it was funny because when I I moved from Orlando to Grand Forks, I might be the only person who's ever done that in January, no less. So so I packed the U-Haul in '85 and um, unloaded it in minus twenty. So that was there's a story there. But um, yeah, it was. I I thought we were going up there. I was we were gonna. Get, I was marrying my wife later that June. I was up there, you know, by myself for a handful of months and thought, okay, year or two, um, get our feet wet, and then take off and we didn't we were there we were there nine and a half years and that was a lot of because of what UND is and not wanting to leave and in the community and and how good we just kind of felt about living up there so it's a great place yeah it's a special place that story is I think one that a lot of people can relate to I had a very similar story married my wife moved to Grand Forks and then you have children and that becomes home it's just it's incredible how that place and the people there just take you in and make you part of it. And you feel like you are part of something special. And you obviously, again, played a huge role in that. I came up in 2016. So Ryan Powell was one of the first people that I worked with closely that fall football season. And you made me feel part of the team, just how Bubba made you feel a part of that group as well. So I'd, I've been reading Ryan Powell's notes for a decade now, and uh, I'm smarter <laughs> because awesome. of it. Well, I appreciate that. Last one from us, buddy. Basketball has been what the Summit League has been known for now for a while. Both men's and women's seasons are well underway. A lot of success on both. Just give us a quick overview of what you've seen in non-conference between those two. And we'll like to get before we get you out of here. I feel like we're on the men's side right now, starting to get a little momentum. Like I feel like it was a little kind of slow start for some. Obviously, UND had a great start, six and one, and um dropped a couple out in California, but that's hard to hard to win on the road. But to be, you know, we have three teams at six and three right now. Um, Denver playing really well. Tommy Bruner's kind of become the Max Asmus a little bit, right? Second in the nation of scoring right now. Um, another guy at OR, you might feel like he's kind of the new Max Asmus. Isaac McBride is, I think he's 10th in the scoring. So, um, they had a big, OR, you had a big win over, um, Tulsa in the Mayor's Cup. Uh, South Dakota State, they stumbled a little early, but they're starting to figure it out a little bit. Um, they play Tuesday night against Kent State. So that'll be, you know, Kent State's a mid-major top 25 team. So um, inside, I think teams are starting to kind of figure it out. I think it's wide open. I, I think you're not going to see a 16-0 team in the Summit League this year on the men's side for sure. Um, I would I would even put my neck out there and say three or four losses is what's going to win the league. Um, on the women's side, I think South Dakota second year under Kayla Carius is is really starting to play well. They they picked up a big road win at LMU on Sunday. Um, South Dakota State obviously that they've been kind of hit by the injury bug a little bit, but you can't discount what you know Aaron Johnson's done with that program and uh, Brooklyn Myers a sophomore who's really kind of emerged. And then you there's I think on the women's side it's probably a little more wide open than than normal. So it should be a fun. Fun season. I know we got the first week of league play coming up after Christmas and then take a little break for the Big Sky uh, Summer League Challenge, which I'm excited about. I think that's great for our league. I think that'll be 
a good a good deal and then we get through that and then it's it's all summer league after that so we'll get to march before we know it but there's gonna be a lot of fun in between march to the summit alex march to the summit (laughs) it's it's incredible always fun always one of the highlights of the sporting calendar to get into conference play coming up so ryan thanks again buddy for your insight and your time and your efforts (laughs) we appreciate you man thanks for being on the podcast today have an awesome day thank you guys Great to chat with Ryan Powell from the Summit League. Again, longtime UND guy, making things good down in Sioux Falls in these Summit League offices. Just a good man and uh, very, very good at his job. As a broadcaster, I really appreciated Ryan's notes when he was writing for football and basketball at North Dakota. And now the fact that he does that for all these teams in the Summit League, like it's still the same level of care and detail just on a league-wide basis. You get a great snapshot in your inbox once a week plus additional stuff throughout the week from Ryan, and then also from Aubrey Laufenberg. And they've got other people, of course, that do those things. But he does a great job, and it makes a big difference in us being able to tell the story of these programs and these student-athletes. Great to have him on. Yeah, that's the work that goes behind, uh, you know, happens behind the scenes. And, uh, you know, our communication folks do a great job in that, right? Uh, Making sure that, you know, folks such as yourself at least know you have in your toolbox all of these stories. And it works out great. I, I wanted to really ask him the question, too, because I've always heard but to, the difference between being really in a, a conference office versus campus is just so starkly different. And uh, I've never worked in a, a conference office, so I, I'm not quite sure. But, um, you know, you're just so, um, as he said, embedded here, you know, in, in a program or two, uh, depending on who you're, uh, you know, who you're working with. Whereas in the conference, you're just really on a macro level. And uh, I think the one time you can get really excited for a team is when you follow your team, like just say at the NCAA tournament, you know, then, then there might be only one from the summit league. So you can go all in on that team, which is kind of cool. I know sports information departments around the country have been scaled back and there have been Some people don't think that that's an important position anymore, but I'm very thankful that UND does believe so and that the leagues that we cover believe so. Michael Weissman does a great job with the NCHC, obviously Ryan and Aubrey and the rest of the crew in the Summit League. Um, It matters. It matters as we're trying to tell these stories. It makes our job a lot easier. And so it's just neat to hear his, his take on what it's like to work on both sides of the fence. And it's great to see him have success. Again, one of the good guys in the business for sure. No doubt. Well, we've got some stuff to talk about from a UND Athletics perspective. Another busy week last week. We've got winter sports now in full gear with hockey and men's and women's basketball going guns, either in conference play or right on the cusp of it. Bill, your hockey team, number one in the country right now. Again, uh, you got to Denver and have a great weekend in the Rockies, including one of the more memorable games in college hockey in recent years. A wild 7-5 comeback win on Friday night against the then number three Denver Pioneers. It was a, a great advertisement for what this sport can be between two outstanding teams. I thought exactly right. It feels like every time I'm leaving a weekend, uh, I'm saying, wow, that was a great college hockey game or that was great college hockey series. And it just feels like, you know, um, this particular team has just played, you know, some fun, fun hockey against really um, good teams. And if you look right now, I think, you know, I, we can all debate, how far down the pole you'd want to go at this point in time. But it seems like there's 
not much difference between certain teams at this point in time, you know, and we've played very, very well, um, no doubt about it. But that was just a fun hockey series, you know. I mean, two really good teams going at it. And, uh, you know, they didn't really leave anything on the table for sure. And, uh, you know, I thought the next night was a was a great game, too. And, you know, I you know, they had a push at the end. Um, we had a push at the end the night before and and sure enough, you know, we kind of came out with a split, but found a way to get four of the six points, which, which does certainly help you on the pairwise. So, uh, so that was helpful. And so we find ourselves right now, I think it's still pr- pretty early, I would say, but, but probably in a position y- y- you would take every day in early December. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, num- number one in the pairwise, which is huge. Number one in the polls as well, which is less important, but feels nice. Every box, I think, every question that's been raised about this team throughout the course of the season, well, how would you do against top opposition? Well, how would you do against top opposition on the road? Well, how would you do if you were down? Like, you've led a lot of these games. What's it going to be like when the chips are against you? I just feel like they continue to answer those questions every weekend in a very entertaining style of hockey. And there's just some, I don't know, there's something special about this group. You can just kind of tell this group reminds you of some of the championship teams of years past. And that's a good, that's a good thing. I mean, that's you in December with one series left before this long holiday break. I think, yeah, like you said, you wouldn't want to be in anybody else's shoes right now. They are, they have done a phenomenal job through these opening 16 games of the season to put themselves in this position. You couldn't ask much more for this team. At yeah. This point. That's a good way of putting it, Alex. I think, you know, every, every team is still got, you know, a higher ceiling and they can work on things and they can get better and all those types of for things. Sure. But mm-hmm. I don't think, uh, you know, Coach Barry would trade that locker room for anybody else in the country right now. And so, you know, it doesn't mean you win it. Doesn't mean it doesn't mean a whole lot any in any regard. But, you know, but the bottom line is if this team keeps grinding and finding ways, uh, you know, it seems like they have weapons that can happen on a on a night to night basis. And uh, so that's that's exciting for sure. And, you know, if for, you know, the first game on Friday, you know, for for Ludwig to give up four goals in the first 10 minutes and then one in the next 50, uh, you know, I think says a lot about, you know, staying mentally tough during, you know, some adverse times. And I think that was that was outstanding. And, you know, it just that was just a fun comeback. Of course, it wasn't great for Denver, but at the end of the day, it was great for us. And then, you know, they kind of turned the tables on us the next night. And so two really good teams, uh, it, you know, we're we're going to see Denver again at some point in time. We literally are going to see him again, <laughs> but, but I think we're going to end up seeing them again, too. Yeah. Yeah. End of January, Denver will come to Grand Forks. Exciting, exciting days ahead. But then, yeah, like you said, I, I, you got to think possibly in the NCHC postseason, possibly in the national tournament. These are going to be two of the teams that are going to be around in the end. So, uh, but yeah, great, great night. Awesome crowd support. Like you just can't get over being on the road and the visiting team is scoring goals and it's the atmosphere it feels like it's a home game. And, and the guys talked about that after the fact as well. Like that's, that just doesn't happen that you can go into a big rivals arena and shout out the home crowd like that. It, it's just incredible. This North Dakota fan base bill. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, you don't, you just don't see it all that often. And 
You really don't. I mean, it, you see it in certain sports, um, you know, but I, I would say, you know, let's just say Red Sox on the road. And, you know, I, I mean, other types of, uh, you know, teams have that road um, uh, fan base that that you just it, as you know, like to say it's always a home game. But at the end of the day, um, that was incredible. And in, 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 in to score the seventh goal, not on an empty net like in a traditional fashion, I, I thought the roof was going to come off of Magnus. I really did. I mean, it just, it, it just kept ratcheting up, up, up. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, our guys, you know, I've obviously felt the energy and, uh, they played phenomenally. And, uh, you know, so just again, I, I, it was a, it was a billboard for what's all right in college sports and college hockey. Yeah. Just a special weekends. It, it was fun. I got to talk to Bennett Zmolek, following the Bemidji State Series the week before, after the, after the Saturday game. And Bennett's in the you know, first year with the program. And I knew that he had played Denver in the national championship game. But I, I, I had asked him, have you been out to Magnus? Did you, did, you wouldn't have made that trip before, have you? And he's like, no, I've never been out there before. And I said, it's a great facility and, and it's going to be probably 50% green. And it was neat to see that it was maybe even a little more than that <laughs> come this past weekend. But they'll uh, the boys get to come back home now for one more series before the holiday break. Colorado College, another good team on the rise yep. in the NCHC, yep. will come to town. Big opportunity with six more league points on the line to continue going into the break on a high note. You know that's going to be the last box to check. Can you finish out the first half well and cement your spot where you are right now? before you take this break before Christmas. Yeah, it, we we know what's coming um for sure. They they made a great run last year at the end of the year, obviously made it to the uh, NCHC final and uh and just came up short against St. Cloud, but um we know really good goalie coming in um and uh just a you know really coach Mayotte's done a nice job there of really kind of um filling the cabinets if you will. And I think they've got a lot of a uh, lot of really good players and uh when no, we're, we'll have our hands full, you know. Yeah, it'll be fun, too. It'll be, uh, you know, the Montgomery brothers playing against each other. So that'll be a lot of fun, too. So a little bit of Grand Forks significance there. Yeah, Drew Montgomery's a freshman on the Colorado College squad. He's having a good freshman season, a couple of he goals is. for them. So he'll come back to Grand Forks this weekend, former Red River guy, just like his brother Dane, who had his first goal of the year uh, just a couple of weeks ago against Bemidji. Really special moment for him in that big Saturday night win. That's coming up again Friday and Saturday, and then UND is off until yep. New Year's Eve Eve on the 30th yes. of December against the national team and development yeah. program. Normal 6 o'clock start. I know that's been a matinee the last couple of seasons, but that'll be at 6 o'clock on that Saturday on the 30th. And we'll talk more about that in our next podcast episode. But yeah, big break coming up. Get out, enjoy this team. They are a ton of fun to watch. One other note, by the way, uh, some fun UND news, other than Cameron Berg being named forward of the week and having some other accolades, et cetera. Jake Livanovich was named to yeah. the, pre the preliminary roster for Team USA's World Junior Championships. That's a big deal. Uh, awesome. Now, the, the, he hasn't made the final roster yet. They're going to cut no. four players after camp. But a great opportunity for a young man who's had a great freshman season and has maybe been a little overlooked. Didn't get drafted each of the last two years when people thought he should have been. This is a guy that can add something to this team. So good good on him to potentially make Team USA, another UND guy in the mix. 
Yeah, you know, I, I think, of course, all of our um, all of our players grow at a certain their own pace. But but Jake has really jumped in and uh, obviously uh, quarterbacking our power play unit. And uh, he's done a really, really good job. And to, you know, to play as a, a as a true freshman in the back end, uh, that is that's some heady stuff. And he's not a huge, huge guy either. So his skill to be able to move pucks out of the uh, out of the D zone is pretty, pretty impressive. And uh, you can just tell even from you know week one to now it's an, it's amazing the growth he's uh he's um taken on and yeah even get even going to the camp alex is a good thing right like at the mm-hmm. end of the day having that opportunity being on a list like that that's a big big deal for him so congratulations yeah best of luck to jake they'll make that announcement likely the 16th or 17th of december they'll find the yeah. the final 25 man roster so be on the lookout for that in a in about two weeks or so uh, from the ice to the hardwood, a couple of good weeks for men's and women's basketball yeah. in recent days. The men's hoop team had a six-game win streak. Ryan Powell talked about that a bit. They lost their last two out in California. But things going well there for Paul Sather and company. And then Mallory Bernhard, their team has now won two in a row. Got a nice D1 win over Eastern Michigan the other day. Different players stepping up for the women um, with Casey Baravich out with an ankle sprain right now. It's good to see others contributing as that team starts to put some things together as December rolls along. Yeah, I thought, you know, so we'll talk women first and I'll I'll loop back to the men. But I thought that never, ever do you want, you know, a player to get hurt, start there. Mm -hmm. And then you just don't want to, you know, lose, obviously, the preseason uh, player of the year pick. Uh, You know, that that is challenging comma but you know you always try to figure things glass half full in some way shape or form it is it is really then made others have to figure out roles at that point in time now nakaya hurst was out previously so really she's not had the ability to play with casey so if you were like to say who are our top two scorers or our top two options offensively it's those two and so now at least kaya's back in the mix so to speak and then trying to figure out others um, you know, especially the freshmen. We just talked about Jake, but we've got a number of freshmen right now that are taking a leap right now mm-hmm. into Division One basketball, and you can just tell the game is incredibly fast for them. And, and they're they're going to be just fine at some stage, but they're getting minutes now. They're getting reps, yep. which is which is great. Now, Case, um, you know, she's a pretty tough kid. Um, who knows when she'll be back? Uh, could be sooner than later. We'll see. Um, but I know she's working. She's working really hard uh, to get back uh, as soon as she can. Um, but you know, you also have to be careful with her. Obviously, the the picture is about you know the Summit League and making sure we're as good as we can be during conference play. But obviously, you want to get confidence and start stacking a few W's up. So. Uh, Go to Eastern Illinois. Um, we're potting today at uh, Tuesday. Uh, this should drop uh, no later than Wednesday. So it would be tomorrow on Thursday uh, at noon central that we're playing Eastern Illinois. They must have like a school game or something like that would be my guess is the reason why uh, playing at, at noon. But it's great for the team because they can get home that night. Those are always interesting. Those different start times on the road like that. I know you and these have met in the past too, having kind of an earlier matinee yeah, on yeah. different days, depending on what's going on. So it should be, hey, should we, be fun. We played 8 a.m. Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. <laughs> that actually happened too. 
Yeah. So, you know, however that goes. Now, Paul's team, yeah, a couple of tough losses. We couldn't get over the hump. We cut it to three a couple of times on Friday against Fullerton and mm. just couldn't get over the hump. Uh, Riverside got ahead of us a little bit, too. And uh, it seems like we were chasing both those games. We were chasing both those games. And uh, I, I do think, uh, you know, I, I'll just say neutral floor, best of seven. I feel good about our chances, but you know, we were at their place and uh, they found ways to, to, to get us, but I thought evenly matched games. And again, a lot of guys in different roles this year. And I think those are the reps that you continually need. And it, it, it mimicked now you don't want to mimic the results, but it mimicked a summit league uh, road trip, mm. even though it was on the West coast. So, so I think from that perspective it was good for the team because you've got you know to obviously study for one team and then turn around pretty quickly there less than 48 hours later yeah a good as you said good simulation for what it it will be like come december january february for this young north dakota group that is still figuring things out amongst themselves they have had some great wins some really encouraging tight late victories that can boost the team's confidence Again, for the most part, this team is is led by a lot of sophomores. Uh, I know with, with BJ Omot and Trace Eaglestaff and like you know Eli King. These guys are young, and to have that kind of experience at this point in the season is going to pay dividends come Summit League time. Well, in in the reality of it is, if you're scouting our team, you're going to put you know all defenses first to stop Trace and BJ. I mean, and so they have to take that on and they have to kind of work through that. And then Eli, uh, you know, didn't get a whole lot of minutes at Iowa State last year. So he's been, you know, I would say not in, I'll call it game game mode, if you will, mm-hmm. for probably about a year, but you can tell how good he is. And so he's continues to get better, uh, you know, running the team each and every day. So, uh, so I think there's a lot still there that we're trying to learn about each other, but getting a few wins along the way in the non-conference is incredibly important. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. That's for no. sure. A couple of home games on the way for the men, by the way, they'll play Portland on the 9th, Waldorf on the 12th, then a couple of big road games, Utah State and Nebraska coming up later on in the month before Summit League play starts after Christmas. And as Bill said, the women at Eastern on the 7th and then home against Mayville and Drake on the 15th and the 21st. Some big NCAA news today, Bill, that just kind of broke. Charlie Baker, the new NCAA president, he issued a statement uh, this morning just talking about the, some of the key changes that the NCAA is looking to implement, I, some of the specifics from social media this morning, he mentioned allowing all D1 schools to provide student athletes with greater educational benefits and then permitting any D1 school to opt into NIL licensing opportunities with athletes. Bill, do you want to parse that out for us of what he's talking about here? Yeah, so I, I will say this. Um, it is a long memo that came and so uh i would say it's you know three plus pages and so i am in the midst of trying to digest it right now and mm-hmm. uh to see what we're saying but i think the i think the sh- let's just say the broad uh thirty thousand foot thought process i'm having is that i think schools at the the end where they've got media deals that exceed a certain amount of money have the ability to do some things with their student athletes that maybe others that aren't don't fall in that range may or may not be able to do and i don't know that at this as we're potting right now i need to parse down and figure out exactly is it mean like just those conference get to do x and y and these conferences cannot question mark 
don't know. But it feels like he's putting together at least a framework for discussion. So it leads into the January convention so that if something were to get codified, there can at least be conversations at the convention uh, in early January. Now, there was a lot of talk that this statement or this this manifesto, as, as you referred it, some of the some of the initiatives that might be putting in place are leading us toward more of a split, more fractures between just within D1 athletics specifically. Do you foresee this as a precursor to some of that, Bill? Again, I guess you just got the memo this morning, but yeah. that's what it seems like people are making the, the jump to, that this is what's coming. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I – think, um... There was an actual word used, um, you know, in, in another subdivision, which or this subdivision may be able to do X, Y or Z um, or it maybe is required to do it. I, I don't know that answer. That's the reason why I'm being a little bit, I'll say cagey right now, because I, I don't know exactly, you know, until I really read it through. And then I talk to some of my counterparts to figure out exactly what, you know, this is saying, because when you get something very broad like this. The devil's in the details, right? Yeah. It's going to be, how does it play out? Give me the practical um, thought process of what we're doing here. What are we doing with our student athletes versus someone else doing something else with their student athletes? And so um, we're, more to come, uh, more to come. We, you know, But I think it, it's right. So it's about a month out from uh, the, uh, the January convention. It's early January. I think it's that first week, somewhere in that range. So it's like we're five weeks out, somewhere in that range. I think he wanted to get this on everyone's desk right now so that we could have some robust conversation when we all meet. And, you know, hey, Alex, I, I think we all know uh, it feels like we're in a moment that is heading towards something different than what we've known at some stage of the game. But right now I feel like we're just kind of in this land of not, not sure until we get to the next iteration. And I think this is a start given this framework. Arlo White, who was a great announcer for NBC's coverage of the Premier League, used to call the area inside the penalty box the corridor of uncertainty when players would send balls into the box. I feel like that's what you're talking about here. We're in a corridor of uncertainty when it comes to the NCAA and the future of college athletics. Many, fo many folks have uh, definitely the ability to, uh, to um, say and articulate things far greater than me, but uh, I would say that's probably very fair. <laughs> I, I'd say we, we have been in that corridor and in yeah. and, and partially here at North Dakota, we've taken at least steps in. And, and I, so if I get into a little bit of what, you know, how we feel philosophically right now, we've been, I'll call it either conservative or, or slower than not to make sure that our student athletes eligibility stays intact and nothing would uh, hamper that. Now, Part if you talk to some of my counterparts, they say, "Well, there's really no enforcement going on right now." And and at the end of the day, I would say you're probably right because given what we just received today, enforcement feels like um, you know you don't necessarily have to worry about it until you have to worry about it. And so I, I guess I've always kind of taken the approach. I want to make sure we're taking care of our student athletes. We're servicing them as best as we can. We provide them the right 
resources to be successful in the classroom, the community, in competition. And and from that, if there's more that we can do at some point in time, that's an institutional alignment decision that we have to have to make sure that we go and do that. Yeah, that's well said. It's just, it's a murky landscape right now when it comes to NIL and when it comes to collectives. And, when it, and we've, we've heard a lot of this. If you've been paying attention to the news this week, these are all things that are happening in the state of North Dakota and obviously around the country. The transfer portal, we, we saw over a thousand kids enter the other day, just in yeah. college football alone. Well, we've used the term, we've used the term NIL, interestingly, at its true meaning, it means making giving yourself a chance to profit off your own name, image, and likeness. That's what it is. But we've substituted NIL and it's really pay to play at certain levels. Mm. And so, you know, I, I do you have NIL question mark? If, if someone were to ask me, yes, we do. Yeah. This is how we do it. You know, Oh, that's not what you mean. Oh, do you, do you mean you get paid much more in addition to what say, the scholarship is, the cost of attendance is, the possible Alston Award, um, et cetera, et cetera, right? I mean, so mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I think everyone's kind of looking just for definitions and rules of engagement. And I think that's that would be helpful. And this is, I think, President Baker's at least attempt to start the framework and discussion based on all the meetings he's had since he started on March 1st. Big decisions and conversations to yeah. come in that space, yep. certainly. And I'm sure the convention in January will be an interesting one. Excited to hear the report from that in a couple of weeks of what goes down. Well, let's face facts. Let, let's call a spade a spade here is at the end of the day, you're going to wonder if you're competing against schools that are in certain conferences, let's just say in the sport of hockey, you know, are they playing by the same rules? What, mm-hmm. what are we doing here? It, 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 you know, in taking that sport, you know, just on its on its own, you have single sport conferences that play multi multi divisionally, and so you've got schools in Division One, Two, and Three playing hockey. You have them in the Big Ten that are playing hockey, and you have schools literally in Division Three. And so, how are you going to normalize that in sports like that? And hockey is not the only sport like that. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking the highest level of FBS football, that's one conversation. But there's a whole lot underneath all of that, too, or off to the side or wherever you want to say it is. But the reality of it is, I don't know. I, I That's that's the conversations we have to do to make sure we keep North Dakota as relevant as possible and in the conversation as to where we need to be. Yeah, it's fascinating stuff. We just... As someone that loves college athletics, as as every, the, the two of us obviously love this model and, and have invested a lot of our lives into this, and I know people listening feel the same way, we hope there are, there are good resolutions that can continue helping preserve, at least in some sense, what this has been for a hundred years and how special this is. Yeah. And, and, and I'm open, I'm open to any change that makes a whole lot of sense, but I still think that it needs to be tethered to academics. I do think there's, you know, we talked about uh, with Ryan uh, earlier in the pod that, you know, bringing some of our students, uh, you know, bringing Sotene and Casey down to uh, the Summit League Media Day, 
those are some, you know, awesome opportunities that are, that's educational. You know, when our, our student athletes go on the road and our coaches provide them an opportunity to see parts of the country that they've never seen, that's educational. I mean, we, not to mention you're, you're striving for a degree that you're hopeful that that's what you're going to do uh, for your life's work. So at the end of the day, I just hope we don't lose sight of that and we don't lose that connectivity. Yeah, I hope so too. Yeah, well, let's stay tuned because there's going to be more to come from the NCAA in the weeks and months ahead. A couple last things here on the pod today. We had a great listener question this past week on social media, which we're going to save until next week. So don't worry. We have a great guest coming on in two weeks time who's going to be be able to answer the question that was posed in, in even more depth than what Bill could even bring to the table. But it did bring up a good point. We've not asked for listener questions for a while. That was a fun thing that we did last year and We need to probably revisit that. So if you do have a question for Bill on the podcast, reach out to either of us uh, on Twitter. He is at North Dakota AD. I'm at A. Heinert Midco. Or you can certainly send us an email. Uh, There there are ways to find us. Let's just say that. But get your questions in if you want to. And we'd love to highlight those over the course of the podcast in future episodes. So stay tuned. One, One listener question coming up next week for sure. And hopefully more to come in the new year. Yeah. And I would say it it, it could just be, hey, can you talk about a certain topic too? I mean, it doesn't even have to be a particular question. We're happy to do so. Yeah, we would love it. We would love that. That's what the Bill Chaves pod is all about. Whatever the people want. That's what we're here for. That's right. That's right. That's (laughs) right. And then the last thing today is is a quick flip over to the B side because you got a couple couple things to chat. Apparently only only our teams can can take points off Manchester City in Manchester Bill. What a what a wild game between Spurs and the citizens the other day, three, three, everything you could ask for drama and referee baiting and back and forth, everything. crazy Ange ball. It was great. What, what, what did you make of the efforts for the boys at City? Yeah, the other day? I, you know, there's always a uh, it's always easy when you get results to then backtrack and say, we should have done this and we should have done that. But I think it's pretty clear if it hasn't been clear and if. My son is listening, Derek. If it's not clear, Ange is playing a certain way. He's not changing. I mean, he is stuck to how he plays front foot football, and he is going to attack. Even with nine players, Alex, he's going to attack. So, um, yeah, I thought it was exciting. Um, You know, and again, I'm a broken record on this pod, but, you know, a lot of injury issues. Everyone has injury issues. I just don't think the roster's deep enough for for the Spurs so so those injuries are are just mounting but I thought the guys that played played pretty well I mean and so uh you know they're they're hanging around they you know it's it's one through right now maybe eight so to speak it's 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 pretty tight it's pretty tight yeah it's been a competitive season and I think there were moments early in the campaign where it did feel like well is City just going to run away with this again when they won their first six straight and none of them were competitive and they have now dropped points in a couple of matches in recent weeks Spurs right now we're in fifth just to keep everybody posted and you're within touching distance of the top four which includes Aston Villa who's been a great surprise this year Liverpool Arsenal who's leading the table right now City you're in third it's interesting to see but again every everybody one weekend can change a lot. And this week now we've got midweek fixtures and then another weekend set and the festive periods coming up. So there'll be a lot of matches over the course of December where the table can change in a hurry. But yes, yeah, Spurs, certainly, it is this fun, aggressive brand of football. He played four fullbacks <laughs> across the back four, Ange did this past weekend. I mean, they're not afraid 
I mean, they, they do, they are not afraid of anybody and it is showed in the way that we have seen some wild finishes and, and crazy back and forth action. They are a very entertaining team, Bill. They're entertaining for sure. And I think, you know, certainly that's the way um, I think Spurs fans want the team to play. I think yeah. they'd rather lose a game four, three um, than, 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 you know, hold out and, and hope for one break and win one, nothing. So I think, I think that's, that's the truth. And I was watching your game a little bit too, in typical Liverpool fashion, found a way to score two goals in like a minute and, uh, and turn that thing upside down. And it was just, uh, you know, your team's a lot like that too. You, you know, you play interesting games. That's all I'll say. And uh, it's mm-hmm. exciting doesn't matter who you're playing. It's it's going to be an adventure. And that was a yeah Sunday morning match at Anfield against the Fulham team. That's just so-so. And Fulham's fun to watch because obviously there are a lot of Americans on the team. Tim Ream and Anthony Robinson, who's having a great year. And so people, I think, have a bit of an affinity to them, this little team from, from London. And Liverpool score like these brilliant, beautiful goals, like Trent Alexander-Arnold on a free kick. And one of the best goals you're going to see this year from Alexis McAllister, like a one-time drop volley from 25 yards away and then Fulham come back and score these really scrappy goals off nothing and yes, yes <laughs> and Liverpool yes. find themselves down but they they just keep coming and it, yeah. they have so many weapons and yeah they've they been do. bit by the injury bug too Allison their first keepers yeah. out yep. they have missing yep. guys in defense but they're bouncing a title challenge this year and comebacks like that give you hope that maybe you can be in the thick of things come March and come April so our teams are fun to watch. They're never out of it, and the games are never secure. And that's okay. It's and that is okay. I would say – so my my two last comments on EPL at this point in time would be – I guess we all have to remember Kevin De Bruyne hasn't even played yet. So when, <laughs> He's when played he comes 30 minutes back, of football this year, I think. Yeah. So when he so really that. comes back, that guy's pretty good. So you know what? I take my chances with him. But then uh, I do like – you know, this is sneaky – I like the fact that Arsenal's on the top of the table right now because I love the chance that they can't win it and they're <laughs> up there. So I hope Paul Rawls listening to this at this point in time, Brad Schlossman, that I actually kind of enjoy you're there right now because you know what? I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. I've seen, I've read this book. I've seen the movie. <laughs> oh, the Gunners. Top of the table. Top of the table potentially at Christmas. We'll see. But it will be fun. It makes for a fun year when you've got a couple of teams that are in the mix, especially when one of them has a history of failing miserably. Uh, so that'll be fun. Gunners are going to get tight. I feel I feel I'm getting tight right now. <laughs> and I'm across the pond. <laughs> oh, last B-side topic of the day. Everybody's talking about the college football playoff. And, and this will be very brief. Just your thoughts on how this went down from, of a 13-win undefeated Florida State team to not get into the four. What are your thoughts, Bill? Yeah, so I, you know, I I was uh, on the uh, the regional advisory committee for uh, I'll liken it to FCS football a little bit if I can because I was on that the committee. Um, so I, I I'll say a couple things. Hard to have hard and fast criteria. So I think that's you know partially you know the issue. I I, I guess I always here's if I have to default anywhere and I do let the whole season play itself out and it did. It played itself out. Like, I get it. This is what you said last week, and now you say this this week. Well, correct, but there were a whole slate of games. Like, there was new data points that came in. So as you're kind of going through it, I believe, 
you have to be open to making sure that just because you had certain teams in one spot last week, you might end up moving them the following week. Now, I, I'd say this. If you had your paid-for house and you had to pick whether I'm going to keep the house or have to give it away, and two teams were going to play in Des Moines, Iowa, you'd have to choose which one you would go with to keep your house. I, I, to me, that's the, the differential. So I will say the teams I think they put in, I think we're the right teams. I, I, I think at this point in time, you couldn't take Alabama in without Texas, given the fact that they beat them head to head. I mean, that mm. seems interesting. And I would say, would you take Florida State against any of the other four in a neutral site game? Yes or no? And I guess their criteria is to take the best four the at best this teams. point. Mm-hmm. Now that's tricky. It really is tricky. And when you say when you say it, like I I'm devastated for the kids, like because it's a zero sum game. It's zero or one. Like there's no, you know, you either are in or you're out, and it just it's horrible for those kids. And at the end of the day, they did everything they could do to put them in the right spot. But a committee committee had to make a decision. And this is what happened. I thought Brad Schlossman said it best on Sunday morning. Thank God for the pairwise. Like the fact that we don't have to worry about this in college hockey. Everything is, you know, where you stand and it's, there's a, but obviously it's, it's different in college football and it's, this is what happens sometimes. Remember the year, a couple of years ago, we didn't have the pairwise because we didn't have enough data points. We, exactly. And then That's we had right. politicking, right? Mm-hmm. And that was uncomfortable. I remember there were some teams that were very upset about how things played out. And the pairwise didn't seem so bad. I do think this, though. Next year, when they do get to 12, you can be way more you don't even have to use oxygen to worry about if 13 didn't make it over 12, but this year, that was a tough one. Uh, And that's brutal. That is really brutal. Yeah. I think like you said, it's difficult when the team does everything that you ask them to do when you don't lose a game. And then you see these other teams that have lost. I just, in my brain, that's hard to compute. But like you said, I think so much of the anger stemmed from maybe not understanding that, yeah, the goal here is to get the four best teams or the teams that we think are the most capable of competing for a national championship. And they ultimately determined, this committee, that Florida State wouldn't beat any of those teams right now with their top quarterback out and their second string out potentially for a New Year's Day Bowl. Like, it's just so hard, I think, to, I know. to do this and to help people rationalize. Well, they really, I mean, if you really take into consideration Georgia, they really had six teams. That's true, too. That that should Mm -hmm. be in the, I mean, you think about Georgia's season. It was tremendous. And you had one game in which you lost, which ultimately became, I guess, a playoff game. Well, it was. It was a playoff game. They lost in the Mm -hmm. quarters. That's basically what happens. You know, I mean, that's really what ends up happening. And and again, that's what we love about college football, too, Mm because every game matters. Right. So like all of that. But we deal with it in the Missouri Valley. Right. Like you get a tough, you know, seven and four Missouri Valley team that, you know, has gone through a meat grinder every single week or you get a nine and two or ten and one team that, you know, you know, however that goes, you've got to try to balance, you know, how would that team fare in the Missouri Valley? You know, I mean. You know, you probably wouldn't be nine and two, but that's not the job or the task at hand. 
Yeah, you don't know. There's the unknowns in that. I think that's what makes this so hard. And as you said, it is a subjective industry at this level. The 20 teams in the EPL play everybody twice. You know at the end of the year who had the most points. Everybody played yep. everybody the same. It's simple. College football is not that. And, and everybody in that room, because I read a, a little bit, because I, it's 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 the same way that it's done in all the other sports to uh, to some degree as well. Uh, not not to some degree, to to a degree. Um, but what they do is it, eventually it's your individual votes, and then whatever the votes come out. So it's not as if it, the votes happen on a collective basis. Eventually, individually, you're putting your ranking in, and then it's coming out. And whatever spits out, spits out. So it's it's not as if it spits out and you go, well, what? Wait a minute, wait a minute. I I don't I don't think that's right. Well, sure, you may not think it's right, but that's what the room collectively has spit out. So there you go. Pairwise, a little bit easier. <laughs> we just like transparency. I think at the end of the day, that's what we've learned. I think from this of just having the sense of. Rules of engagement. We talk about that all the time, knowing where you stand going in. And then when the results either go your way or they don't, there's less of a shock on a Sunday morning when you see a big A pop up instead of an FSU. For the record, I don't mean to say that we need the, you know, the transcripts of the conversations that happened in the committee. I think it was just hard. I think that's what made Sunday morning so hard for people. Yeah, they had, they just, uh, the absolute, most unique situation occurred. I mean, that's it. And in and, and any other situation, Florida State's for sure in, no doubt about it. But they needed to be the biggest Georgia Bulldog fans that night. And uh, Alabama found a way, who's obviously playing pretty well. Now, you could say, yes, they needed a Hail Mary against Oliver and all that stuff. I get all that. But the reality of it is, um, you know, I, it probably if the Florida State, um, you know, if their offense probably doesn't perform the way it's kind of performed the last few weeks, I don't know. Maybe they're in, maybe they're out, but it was tough. I feel bad for those guys. I mean, that's just a, it's really tough. They didn't do anything wrong. Like they did everything right. <laughs> All right. Last thing, the Red Sox, who are they going to sign this week? Uh, well, not, not Otani apparently. Cause he's going to sign with Toronto is what it looks like that with, that with the reports this morning. Ooh. So, but okay. Boston had kind of been out of that market anyway. It sounded like they had taken a step back and weren't going to pursue that to the end. Who, who wouldn't want him on your team? He's unbelievable, but Again, I still don't know how he's really going to be a DH this year, which I don't even know how that's going to work. There's some medical stuff there that we we're not we're not doctors. I'd rather have the other pitcher, I'd pitcher from Japan, and then uh, I I think they'll sign Jordan Montgomery too. I do. Well, they need somebody, as, as we've as we said, we can't, we can't go into another season with the current roster as it is. So hopefully no. they make a move or two. We need and, pitching. We need pitching. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, everything else we'll figure out to some degree, we've got to get two pitchers and then we'll see what happens at that point in time. So it'll be good. It'll be great. Well, Hey, (laughs) another pod in the books, another pod in the books, number one, 44 today, as we creep closer to a century and a half coming up at some point this season. So we'll see you number four, one forty-five coming up in two weeks time with again, another special guest. To chat about a variety of things just before the Christmas season. Bill, always a pleasure. Uh, Good to chat and good to catch up and enjoy another busy week coming up with UND Athletics with the semester winding down and some great events on the way. Alex, always appreciate you. uh, And I will see you this weekend against Mm -hmm. the Tigers. 
Yeah, can't wait. Big games against CC on the way. Big thanks as always to Bill. Thanks again to Ryan Powell for joining us on the podcast today. Thanks to Alex Soccer Johnson and Paul Ralston, the guys behind the scenes getting this podcast up each week. Thanks again to you for listening. Uh, on behalf of all of our crew, I'm Alex Heinert. We'll be talking again sometime in the near future. Have a great, enjoyable December with the weather beautiful. We'll see you soon.